0: Good morning and welcome to episode 446 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by the BaseballReference.com Play Index. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined as always by Sam Miller. How are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Good. Have you any banter?
1: Uh, I guess a uh, quick one. Um, the uh, you know the uh, this is going back to the uh, Matt Albers uh, save mm-hmm. save watch. Uh, one of the Four pitchers who has a save for the Astros. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raul Valdez uh, was, was I guess, released or, or, or DFA'd. I think released. Anyway, uh, uh, so that just goes to show you how easy it is to get a save in Houston. He got this save like a week ago. And it was not one of those like five innings and a blowout kind of saves. This was like he came in with one out in the ninth of a close game. It's a legit save. Uh, so anyway, remains dangerous but uh, so I just want to uh, have a quick quick little poll uh, of the two of us mm-hmm. uh, it's a three three question poll okay <laughs> okay first question how many relievers will get a save or I guess how many pitchers uh, they'll, they'll be relievers when they get the save but they might they might be starters other times how many pitchers in Houston will get a save this year
0: so you say it's four already
1: four already four to date none with more than two
0: hmm so Seven.
1: Uh, really, only three more.
0: Yeah. Someone right. someone will claim the mantle.
1: I'm going to say eight.
0: <laughs> okay, so only four more. You seem very said three more.
1: It was either that or pick one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I figured well, this was not the right time to pick one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so question two. Of those seven and a half closers, how many of them will be... Released before the end of the year. <laughs>
0: two,
1: two, including Valdez. So one yes. more. Uh, Josh Fields. It should be noted has a ERA of twelve at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although uh, peripherals not that bad. Uh, Anthony Bass has an ERA of four point three at the moment. Although the peripherals are that bad, they're actually they might be the worst peripherals in baseball at the moment. He's uh, striking out two batters per nine. Uh, and allowing two home runs per nine. Well, 1. <laughs> 1. 1.6. I rounded up and rounded down to make my point, but uh, <laughs> 1.6 homers per nine to two strikeouts per nine. Uh, and then Chad Qualls has been actually quite good, uh, mm-hmm. particularly if you remove his two intentional walks in which he has a 14 to one strikeout to walk ratio. So, uh, yeah, probably uh, a decent bet. I would bet that Josh, I'm going to say Zed. Mm-hmm. We'll get a save. I'm going to guess that uh, if Tony Sip is still around, <laughs> he'll get a save. Jerome Williams will definitely get a three-inning one. He's he's come close a few times. And, uh, and Albers will get one.
0: You do think Albers will get one?
1: Oh, I definitely think Albers <laughs>
0: will get one. Okay. So that's that. Yeah. All right. That's all the banter. It's
1: all my banter. Okay. Well, not a week of banter
0: hmm Well, I wanna talk about the two teams that a lot of people are talking about. The two two bona fide surprise teams of 2014. I think it's I think it's fair to say. The the Marlins and the Rockies. And these both of these teams were predicted by the baseball prospectus staff in our preseason predictions to finish last in their respective divisions. Neither team received a first place vote. They had an average placement of 4.6 so it was almost unanimous that uh, that they would be last some people picked them fourth I suppose
1: I will not claim any credit for this I just want to point it out uh, I picked both to finish fourth however uh-huh. however uh, because of a uh, data entry error uh, I believe that the Phillies appeared twice in my standings <laughs> and since I had gone to sleep you guys had to decide who to put last. And so you put the Marlins last and I woke up and I thought, yeah, that looks good enough. (laughs) Just so you know. All
0: right. So we'll give you slightly more credit than, than that prediction will indicate, but neither, neither of us, no one at BP saw this coming. And the Marlins right now are tied for first place. The Rockies are, as we record this, a half game back of the Giants. So depending on, whether the giants lose or or win tonight they're still playing the dodgers the rockies will be either tied for first place in the west or a game back and the the maybe the more surprising thing is that both of these teams have the peripherals that you look for in a team this is not a case of teams just sort of fluking their way and and defying run differential for for six weeks and and being outscored but winning winning a bunch of one run games somehow and doing the doing the Orioles the 2012 Orioles thing this is not that this is these teams both have the, the underlying numbers or, or most of them that would suggest that they should have these records by by baseball references schedule adjusted run differential they are the two best teams in baseball entering play on Thursday Colorado was slightly ahead of Miami. And by baseball Prospectus's adjusted standings, also heading into play on Thursday, the Marlins were the best team in baseball by third-order win percentage, which is uh, a team's projected winning percentage based on underlying stats and adjusted for their uh, opponents. So they were first, and the Rockies were fourth after the, the Tigers and the A's but both with with third-order winning percentages over 600. So both of these teams, at least to this point, have been for real. I should, I guess, mention that the, the Marlins and the Padres are currently tied in the eighth inning, so that will determine whether they are still in first place at the end of the night. But both teams have have far surpassed our expectations, just about everyone's expectations, so I want to talk about how real this is. Which, which one is more real? And are you a believer in either or both? So maybe we can, I don't know, we should start with one of them. Maybe we should start with, with the Rockies. I think the Rockies to me are the more surprising one. Is that the case for you? Is one, which one of these is more surprising?
1: Um, I guess if I'd had to say which team I thought was better before the year, I would have picked the Rockies. Yeah. If I had to guess which team I thought was more likely to win the division or to, yeah. you know, to to somehow surprise us by winning 89 games, I would have picked the Marlins.
0: Yes, yes, I think that Bigger is... Bigger
1: error bars, Right. I think is the what they say.
0: Yes, uh, but the Rockies have been good, and, and I mean, it's, it's obviously... It's Tulewisky having an incredible start to the season and just being healthy and, and that has always been the key for him because he's a great player whenever he's playing. And they've already they've gotten the, the crazy start from Charlie Blackman, and they've gotten better pitching than we probably would have expected. They, I think have the third highest staff ground ball rate. And we talked about with Russell Carlton in our Rockies preview this year how you adjust to course Field, how you beat course Field, how you pitch in course Field, and it seemed like the consensus was that the Rockies at least think that building a ground ball staff is one way to do that and they have successfully done that and guys like Jordan Lyles have have thrown sinkers more than they ever did before and they're getting grounders. I should also mention Nolan Arenado who was one of the best fielders in baseball last year but didn't hit much he is, of course, hitting a lot. He is on a 28-game hitting streak right now, which is a franchise record. And that's uh, crazy, by the way. Yeah, that,
1: that seems awfully low for a Colorado franchise. It does. Record.
0: Yes, you're right. Considering Field's BABIP, which is very high every year.
1: I guess, though, they have, it does seem awfully low, but I guess. That you know, since since Colorado hitters don't Colorado hitters also do worse on the road than they should be expected to,
0: I like was, isn't,
1: like I, that hangover effect. So
0: maybe I, I mean, trying any
1: twenty nine game hitting streak or longer would involve multiple road trips.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure whether that's true. That I,
1: might not be true.
0: I don't I don't know. I was I was on MLB Now today and we were talking about Tulitsky and the Rockies, and I was trying to do some research on that beforehand. And from what I googled up, I found old studies by like Keith Woolner and Rani and Dan Fox and people who looked at it like pre-humidor cores when, when you would expect that to show up and it didn't really from what they found. So I'm not sure if there has been anything conclusive that has shown that. And, and they've also gotten Carlos Gonzalez is, is off to a pretty good start and he's healthy and that is always important for them. Drew Stubbs who I, I remember theorizing that maybe he would be good in cores because he can't hit curveballs and maybe curveballs would break less and who knows whether that has anything to do with the fact that he's been successful so far but he has he, been
1: he also was uh I hope this comes back to me. I when I was uh, in that like nice little three-week period where I was reviewing Nate Silver's early writings. Yes. There was uh, Nate Silver's theory about what hitters Colorado should get, and it was a uh, high strikeout, low walk.
0: I think uh-huh, uh-huh. was that what it was. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: then I think that in uh, I think I reviewed it with like a decade more of, of data, and I forget what it was. But whatever it was, Drew Stubbs was the guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and, and like it's, I it's,
1: think the walks thing turned out to not matter anymore, but the strikeouts thing did. So you wanted high strikeout
0: guys. And that actually is not what they've had this year, except for except for Stubbs maybe. The the team as a whole, it has the lowest strikeout rate in the National League. Um, and
1: even Stubbs, I think, is below his uh,
0: career rate. Yeah, they're uh, they they have a bunch of guys who. Have uh, seemingly lowered their strikeout rate. That is the story with them. I mean, that's how they've kind of done it so far. And I mean, they've gotten Brandon Barnes has been great. That that trade. I mean, I criticize them. I think a lot of people criticize them over the winter for the the Dexter Fowler for Barnes and Lyles trade, and that has worked out spectacularly well for them so far. As has the Justin Morneau signing which yeah, so, uh, I wasn't so, particularly high on, but he is he's hitting like Justin Morneau again.
1: Right. All these guys are guys that we don't like, uh, <laughs> particularly. So, so Ben, yes. I have two, two quick questions for you. One, other than Blackman, which is just <laughs> insane, uh, which is your favorite batting line on the 2014 Colorado Rockies? Because there are some real winners. There's Barnes, whose batting average... Is higher than last year's slugging percentage was. <laughs> uh, last year he had a uh, 650 OPS. Uh, this year he's hitting 357, 416, 457. That's a good one. There's a uh, no who uh, let's see, right now is uh, has the second best OPS of his career.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. This is
1: a uh, MVP winner and an MVP runner-up, and he has the second best OPS. <laughs> of his career yep. uh, there's um Corey dickerson <laughs> yep <laughs> most notable for being less famous than Corey patterson <laughs> who's hitting 348 373 587 yep uh michael kadiar Kedyer. michael kadiar well, he's a batting t- champ though his numbers <laughs> yes. are actually down from last year i think
0: So mm-hmm.
1: uh yeah. there's uh uh yeah, those are those are the winners, right? Yes. One of them one of them has to be the winner. So which is your favorite?
0: <laughs> um I think I'll take I mean in terms of improbability it's probably probably Dickerson, right? Stubbs
1: or, Stubbs 323 batting average is, yeah. uh, would be a challenger, but the rest of the line is not is not out of out of bounds for
0: him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and the the team as a whole has a 288 true average, which is uh, leading, leading all of baseball. So this team has hit very well and has has pitched uh, pretty well. Probably, maybe better than we would have expected. Um, and yeah. and Adam Adamoutovino is carrying my effectively wild reliever league team.
1: Um, so uh, the pitching is doing pretty well, um, but now. Um, so here's a. I'm just gonna toss out a hypothesis, which, um, uh, you know, I have nothing to back this up, and this is, you know, standard crazy talk. But it's May. There's mm-hmm. nothing else to say. Um, the, I mean, the thing about Colorado is that park factors fluctuate more than you would think, mm-hmm. in, in, just throughout baseball. Like it's weird how sometimes parks will gradually evolve from being one thing to being another one, and you know they're. Like a building gets knocked down and the air current changes and and all of a sudden it's a slightly different park or you know they add foul territory or take it away or mm. change the batter's eye or whatever like things change in ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, but Colorado in particular, their park factor is artificial. It's it's uh, actually man man changed. You know, it's the Humidor mm-hmm. uh, is is uh, you know the hand of uh, grounds crew uh, affecting the park factor significantly. And so, like, when Jay Jaffe wrote his essay for Extra Innings a couple years ago, one of the most interesting things in that essay, and one of the most interesting things in that whole book, was showing um, how massive a small change in the ball can be. Like, how even with baseballs the way they are with, with, uh, you know, baseball has standards for what a ball has to be in terms of like, you know, springiness or whatever. And even within the error margins that are allowed for the manufacturers, you can have like, you know, a 35 foot difference in, you know, a dead drop. And so when you start thinking about the humidor effect, which is probably an inexact thing, um, and could potentially have, you know, a pretty big difference on the ball. Um, you wonder whether this is um, like w- whether we're just going to look back at 2014 and talk about our favorite Rockies lines and laugh about how the park factor was. So then the, the But where that leads then is that then you would say that, in fact, their pitching is doing exceptionally well, much better than you would have expected. Mm-hmm. So either their hitting is, is insane and their pitching is okay, or their hitting is being floated by this, uh, you know, some effect, and their pitching is actually now extremely good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, and of course,
1: as has been noted, they're also hitting very well on the road. But
0: still, come on, Brandon Barnes. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. And I, let me. See. I mean, they are. The numbers are crazy. It's not. It's not just a. Uh, it's not like a, a runners in scoring position thing. I, I mean, they have hit well with runners in scoring position, but they've they've hit well in all situations. They've just hit well, and it's still early enough in the year that they. It's. It's one of those like flukes that isn't isn't the typical kind of fluke maybe it's the the kind of fluke where the underlying stats back it up but maybe the underlying stats themselves are sort of flukish in that yeah. Brandon Barnes and Drew Stubbs and and Corey Dickerson can all have a, a good 6 weeks at the same time and it doesn't mean that they are all suddenly much better players
1: Yeah and to Lewicki and nobody is underperforming Shh.
0: Sure, right, and Tulowitzki is is overperforming, and also in the sense that he's not hurt or anything. Um, Jordan
1: Lyles Jordan Lyles has yes? a 816 OPS. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> just, just, uh, I should also note real quick that every detail that I just included in talking about Jay Jaffe's essay, every single detail I included was made up by me. So the <laughs> 35 foot was made up. the The phrase dead drop does not appear in it, and I don't even know what that is. I don't know what it would be. So that doesn't appear in it. So just don't repeat any of the details. The point is just that small changes in a ball can have huge differences in how far the ball goes. That's all.
0: Well, Troy Hawkins has a 2.92 ERA, nine saves, and uh, a 3.6 per nine strikeout rate.
1: You know what's crazy is that uh, in July, uh, I'm going to be watching the All-Star game, and (laughs) Like, Darren Oliver's going to be there in a Rockies uniform. And I'm going to be like, I thought he retired. And, and then I'm going to look and know he would have had, like, a 1.1 ERA in April. And, like, I'm looking at the line. Right? I'm looking at their pitching staff. He's not there. But I know that later in the year it will be there. It yeah. will have appeared.
0: Yeah. And they've, they've gotten good performance out of Tommy Canely, who's a Rule 5 guy. He's pitched 17 innings with a 2.12 ERA. I mean, it's just goes on and on. Boone Logan, a signing that I criticize has been fantastic so far. Um, I mean, everything has has gone well. So, so uh, we've gotten to the point, though, where they have 22 wins, and uh, maybe they're a little bit better than we thought they were, but are they better enough to contend all year? And of course, and we should also probably mention that they have Eddie Butler and John Gray two of the best pitching prospects in baseball who are both pitching in double a and pitching fairly well. So if there is a, a weakness in the rotation um, and there's an opening later in the year, one or both of those guys could potentially be up. So there's, there's the possibility of, of some reinforcements arriving. So, so are you buying? No, no, <laughs> not buying. Um, we buying. I mean, Where do you think I, they'll end up? Uh
1: well, you know, I mean, look, they it, it it's they're going up against the Dodgers. So I mean, it's, there's even if I even if I were buying, mm. I wouldn't be buying them more than I'm buying the Dodgers.
0: Sure, but are you buying them wild card buying?
1: Uh uh eh. eh. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, let me put it this way, Ben. Okay. I think it's a pretty good thing that you chose to talk about them tonight. Because mm-hmm. if you'd waited until next week, <laughs> mm-hmm. probably that's, we wouldn't have as much to say.
0: They were shut out tonight by Texas, and you think that's the beginning of the end? Next week, Tulowitzki will be on the DL, and Carlos Gonzalez will be on the DL, and they'll have lost five games in a row.
1: I, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, what, what am I going to say, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> I, like you said, they're they're bad players having legitimately good months. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm not taken away from their legitimately good months. But yes, you are. You're taken away. No, they, they won those 22 fair and square. Mm-hmm. Still not a roster I like, mm. particularly. I still think, uh, probably if I had to bet, I still would probably bet on them to win more games than the Marlins going forward, and the Marlins
0: to be more likely to win 90 going forward. Hmm, okay. Okay. All right, so let's talk about the Marlins then. And
1: <laughs> first, can I yes. can we talk, can we do a transition to uh, a little fun fact sure. to, that addresses both teams?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in their franchise histories, which uh, this is, of course, the twenty uh, second year that they've existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice, twice they've had winning records the same year.
0: <laughs> wow!
1: Yeah, nineteen ninety seven, uh, the Rockies uh, eked out a winning record. And then uh, 2000 and, and, uh, uh, n- I think nine was uh, when the Rockies went to the playoffs. And the Marlins, uh, probably, people don't really probably remember this, but won 87. One of their uh, you know, low-budget 87-win teams.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Marlins, as I mentioned by BP's third-order record, have the best record in baseball. Entering play today and you can sort of see why if you if you look at their team audit page at BP where every player is listed I looked on there. I sorted by plate appearances their top eight position players by plate appearances, so their entire starting lineup is above average has an above-average true average they they even even Casey McGee as we discussed even Hechevaria, everyone in the lineup everyone who has been starting in a position has been above average so far and not only that but the pitching has been excellent uh they've they've sort of effectively had a four man rotation so far they've gotten they've gotten a couple starts out of Kevin Slowey and a couple starts out of Brad Hand and a couple starts out of Jacob Turner. They've sort of had four regular starters and one of them is Jose Fernandez who if he's not the best pitcher in baseball is is in the top handful. And another is Nathan Evaldi who we talked about recently how there's really no way not to like him. Mm -hmm. And then there's Henderson Alvarez who is, uh, as you said, you can be you can be talked into liking him or not liking him. But but as a third starter, not bad. And Tom Kohler, who I am i don't really have as nice things to say about, but he, he has been very good so far. And the bullpen, uh, C-Shek and, and A.J. Ramos and Dan Jennings, they, they always seem to find these guys. The Marlins seem to be good at finding bullpen guys.
1: Ben, you are so close. Can you name the final four players on the Marlins?
0: <laughs> By the end of the episode, I, I will. So, um... So are you buying this? You say that you. you I change ex-
1: I what I said a minute ago was wrong.
0: Uh huh.
1: I know. I would not take the Rockies over the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, I you, would. I would take the Marlins over the Rockies. Both like in those. both yeah. in in median results, uh, in in sort of mean outcome and uh, in
0: ceiling, I would take the Marlins. Yeah, I, when you look at the roster, there's there are a lot of players that I legitimately like on this team. All of a sudden, there
1: are there are a lot like in the in the lineup. There are I like the. Because I I like, oh, by the way, when we were talking about um, Ivaldi and we noted that, you know, in the group of under 25 pitchers that we were talking about, he had the the second highest fastball velocity and the highest strike rate. Mm -hmm. I should also have noted, I didn't know it at the time, but I should have noted that he also had the highest ground ball rate. He is Mm. uh, like a top 10 ground ball pitcher right now.
0: Yeah, he's doing it all. And he's walked 1.2 per nine.
1: Yeah, he's kind of an ace.
0: Yes, sort of, (laughs) and it was sort of surprising that he wasn't last year, given how hard he threw. He was was one of those guys you mentioned who threw really hard but didn't get strikeouts, and now he's getting strikeouts. So, uh, And I think my favorite fact about Jose uh, Fernandez is that he he has lost a lot of strikes. If you look at the, the BP, BP has a sortable stat page for for pitcher catcher batteries like individual pitchers and catchers and it shows how many extra strikes that battery has gained or lost and if you look he actually has lost the most the six most, sixth most strikes of any pitcher since the start of last season he's like 43 strikes in the red he's he should have had 43 more strikes based on where his pitches were in in which counts and which pitch types they were and all, all of that so whether that's because of The framing of Rob Brantley and Saltilamakia and the catchers who have caught him or or I don't know Maybe it's just hard to as hard to call Jose Fernandez pitches as it is to hit them He has actually been squeezed. He's had a tight strike zone. So Imagine if he had had even a normal strike zone, what his walk and strikeout rates would be. Anyway, there is the the foundation of a strong rotation there, I think. And also, like the Rockies, they have some potential reinforcements. They have Andrew Heaney, who ranked as the top left-handed starting pitching prospect in baseball on our 2014 Top 101 list. He is off to a good start in double-A. So he could be up potentially at some point and, and take over that spot that's been kind of rotating among a bunch of scrubs. So you could look down the road, and maybe by the end of the year, the Marlins will have four really good starting pitchers, age 24 or under, and Tom Kohler. Um, so And so, Jacob Turner, more
1: likely, and Jacob Turner, and- who's also 24 and under
0: he is but yeah not not quite the same caliber of the not jerk. quite the same
1: caliber but but um I'm just saying that uh, I would take I, I would I would probably take him
0: over Kohler mm-hmm. I don't like him uh-huh. but <laughs> yeah so um so what do we say about this team I mean they have had as as I mentioned I mean hechevari is hitting 282 with a 330 something on base percentage. Casey McGee is hitting 320 with a 386 on base percentage. Uh, Garrett Jones is hitting sort of okay well and and Saltomaki is hitting really well and so there's a bunch of that and there's also of course Stanton has been great and Stanton is great and Christian Yelich has been has been pretty good and and Marcelo Zuna's been pretty good, and I think I have now named every Marlin. So No, no, no. You I mean
1: no no. It's there's other guys though. There's Yeah,
0: there's, there's Jeff, Derek
1: Derek Jeff, Dietrich's been pretty good, and yes, Jeff Baker's yes. been pretty bad, and and Reed Johnson's been pretty good. But
0: Jeff Donovan Solano's been pretty
1: bad. But Jeff, Jeff Mathis, Mathis is has is been hitting. pretty good.
0: Jeff Mathis has Ed a four thirty five on base percentage.
1: Ed Lucas has been a, a pretty normal and, and Greg Dobbs is gone and <laughs> AJ Ramos game. has been playing, and, and yeah, uh, Archimedes Caminero already. is is mm-hmm. around, and uh, Mike Dunn wears a shirt, <laughs> and uh, Carlos Marmol is is also alive, and yeah. Carter Caps,
0: uh huh, and now Carter
1: Caps, Carter Caps,
0: yes, now you're capping
1: got... it off. Did you get, it off.
0: Did you get Donovan Solano?
1: I yo, I got Donovan <laughs> Solano. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. So, uh, so you have changed your answer. You like them better than the Rockies. I also like them better than the Rockies do we do we like that and i remember there were people who picked them as wild card team this year right uh, uh
1: john Marossi. what's his name
0: morosi yeah. yeah john morosi and he was roundly but john Morosi,
1: yeah but he's got he's got something every year that he's yes
0: i don't know whether he actually ashamed of by that. may he, he, yes he he likes to make the bold super bold predictions yeah but this one at least so far looks pretty good so um and this is obviously this is a team whose whose best self is probably a, a couple of years away, um, but they are they are not like the Astros, a team of the future who is awful in the present. They are a team of the future who is pretty decent in the present also. So
1: can you believe the Marlins have gone from from being hor- like just absolutely horrible to wait? Let me, Actually, let me see. So. The Marlins have gone from right from uh, a last place team that wasn't even trying, to a last place team that spent a ton of money and tried really hard and almost got Albert Pujols, to a last place team that wasn't trying to a first place
0: team. All in the time that the Astros haven't yeah. won three in a row. <laughs> I know. All right. I mean, we we love the, the Astros because of the whole tearing down and rebuilding. Um, But the Marlins have done this many times without the fanfare, so I mean they've just Consistently been able to find young talent even if they then have to trade that young talent They they develop it they draft it they develop it and they keep cycling it through so um, So to what degree are we buying the Marlins then if we like them better than the Rockies?
1: Well, so let's rephrase this question because I'm not gonna answer this. I, I don't want to answer that. But uh, I'll, I'll answer something slightly more specific. Okay. Um, the Rockies playoff odds right now, 35 percent, 9 percent division, 26 percent wild card. The Marlins playoff odds, 13 percent, 6 percent division, 7 percent wild card. Um, so. You know, consider is considerably less happy with the Marlins, mm-hmm. and even though they play in the uh, easier division. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can we agree? Can we pass a resolution that we think that. Do they?
0: Do they play in the easier division?
1: Uh, according to Picota, yeah, mm-hmm. Picota thinks that the Dodgers uh, win 91 well, and yes. the Nationals win 89. And then, of course, they think that the Giants win 89. Mm-hmm. Which is you know as good as the nat- as the Nationals, while the Braves only win eighty four. So yeah, considerably easier in Pakota's estimation and, and in mine as well. Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily easier all the way through, but easier to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I would I would feel comfortable saying that uh, uh, that I would I would I would put money up against Pakota's uh, uh, position on these two teams. I would take the under on Colorado and the over on Florida.
0: Hmm. And it's sort of surprising that. That Pakoda would be over on, on either to me, I guess Given, given that neither was really expected to, to do much heading into the year um, And, and Pakoda is usually pretty slow to adjust its, its thoughts on the team's true talent And I'm sort of surprised that the, that the Rockies are as high as they are They have a 26% wildcard percentage, which is quite high
1: um, do you uh, let's see you higher don't know than the what Braves, they started with.
0: higher than the Brewers um, no. I don't know what they started with I could possibly find it
1: <laughs> as um, can I possibly <laughs>
0: yeah I that page exists it. somewhere um, so yeah I I would definitely take the over on that Marlin's percentage Um yeah, I, I mean, 12.8%, 7.2% wildcard. It seems to me that they are stronger than that. But, but it it is hard to imagine them hitting remotely this well. Um, I don't know whether it's harder to imagine the Rockies continuing to hit so well or the Marlins, but really, neither really seems all that likely to to keep hitting this well. But I can kind of buy the the Marlins pitching maybe too, to some extent.
1: Yeah, I'd take the Marlins pitching and um, I, I probably would just, gosh I'd spent so much time mocking the Marlins hitting
0: you know yeah I our, our David Roth preview from this year where we went through every washed up veteran and they even haven't they haven't had a plate appearance from Rafael for call <laughs> so they've still got that. Uh,
1: that reminds me of one of my favorite um, player comments in the BP annual which was for Donovan Solano. And it went like this. There's only so much value that a player with no power, no speed, and a fringy hit tool can bring to the table. And when said player can't play shortstop, even in a pinch, it can be tough for him to warrant even a roster spot. Fortunately for Solano, he's on the Marlins, where that package of skills was strong enough to make him the everyday second baseman. With Raphael Furcal now ahead of him on the depth chart, though, Solano will be lucky to get more than 140 or 150 starts this year. Pretty <laughs> So uh, opening day playoff odds uh, were uh, 13% for the Rockies and uh, 6% for the Marlins. So -hmm. it looks like they've gone up sort of Um, semi-proportionately. But yeah, I'm sort of surprised too. Anyway.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad we did this well-timed episode uh, before, before they're no longer such exciting stories. But they've been fun. All right, so that is it for this week. Please send us emails at podcast at podcast.baseballperspectives.com for next week's listener email show. Please join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectivelywild, where you can talk about each episode and talk about other stuff related to the show or to baseball or not at all. And please rate and review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And please support our sponsor, Baseball Reference. Go to baseballreference.com. Subscribe to the Play Index using the coupon code BP to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will be back on Monday.